Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Um, Just a quick update. About a month or so ago, I know I mentioned I was going to read the Slow AF Run Club book and that I would report back. So here I am reporting back. I finished it a few weeks ago and I really enjoyed it. If you've ever thought about taking up running but didn't because you thought you were too something to be a runner or not something enough to be a runner, it is a must read. If you've had any aspiration, not just running, that you never pursued because of fears like those, the first chapter is a must read. And I highly recommend getting it on Audible because his narration is really entertaining. It was lots of fun, lots of good practical tips, and not too long either. So Slow AF Run Club by Martinez Evans. Today's topic goes hand in hand with the busyness episode because this is a common side effect of when we're feeling like we're temporarily excessively busy. How many times have you thought to yourself, I just need to get through this week, this month, this residency, etc., and then things will be better? I know I'm not the only person who gets tricked into thinking things like this. And while it may seem like a perfectly valid and reasonable thought in the moment, most of the time it's not helping you. I'm going to show you why. So to get started, here's a patient care example that I'm guessing lots of us experience in one form or another. I see a lot of patients for wellness visits, so of course I do a lot of counseling about exercise. The usual way I bring it up is by asking, how are you doing with exercise these days? What does a typical week look like for you? As an interesting aside, probably at least 50% of patients respond to that question by saying something about their weight, which is not at all what I asked about. Even when I redirect and say, hang on, we're not talking about weight. I just want to know what kinds of exercise you're doing, how much and how often. Even after that, lots of people still don't answer the exercise question. They say another thing about their weight. Anyway, once folks do start talking about their exercise habits, obviously there's a huge range for what kind of responses you get. Some have nice regular routines. Some go in fits and spurts. Some really do none at all for whatever reason, sometimes because of physical limitations or health conditions, sometimes because of competing priorities. Some people just really don't like it. You know all the reasons. Anyway, it's not uncommon for someone to voice that they plan to be someone who exercises regularly, but they can't make it happen right now, and they'll definitely be able to do it after X is done or after Y happens, whatever. And sometimes those might be life events that you as the doctor have been through and are now on the other side of it, and your experience is that life isn't really going to be easier on the other side of this. The obvious example for me as the OBGYN is pregnancy. Now, obviously, pregnancy isn't easy for everyone. And of course, while regular exercise is necessary for most pregnancies, there's a small percentage of pregnant people for whom exercise is not recommended. Still, I'm guessing most of us who take care of pregnant patients have had more than one patient who's having a nice, normal pregnancy and feels well and is able-bodied and is working one normal 9-to-5 job answer the exercise question with, I'm just too busy right now, but I'll definitely get back to exercise once I have the baby. And I'm sure everyone listening, doctor or not, who has one or more children is thinking, oh boy, 
Because assuming all other life circumstances are the same, life in the time leading up to the first baby arriving is exponentially easier than it will be for the next several years or maybe decades. So this is a really easy one to see why this thought is not helping that person. They're taking a task, getting into good exercise habits, that's maybe of moderate difficulty right now and pushing it off to a time where it will almost definitely be very difficult. So just to break this down for analysis, there are a bunch of reasons why thinking, I just need to get through this and then things will be better, might not be helpful to you. Like the example I just gave, sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes things are not going to be better on the other side of whatever milestone you have in mind. Sometimes they'll be about the same, and sometimes they might even be harder. Or... We might be pushing off a task or a goal that would be easier to do now and making it harder to accomplish in the long run. And one that's almost always present when you're thinking this kind of thought, you're missing out about what's good in your life right now. So let's take that last one first. We have all had times where we were overly busy or times that were overly hard. Getting through medical school and residency pretty much makes that a guarantee. Anyway, that's four years of medical school, three to five years of residency, plus or minus fellowships. That's a lot of years to be mired in a belief that life is not good now and can only be enjoyed fully once those things are over. And while you might be thinking, well, it's not that black and white. It's not like if I'm thinking I just need to get through this, that I think everything is terrible now. No, but the more times you think it, the more it takes root the more your brain will preferentially show you how things are bad and hard right now, and you lose the ability to see what's good and fun and easy. It invites wallowing. And seven plus years is a long time to be wallowing and missing out. Not that we're wallowing every minute of every day, but you get the idea. So to combat this, it can be helpful to ask yourself a few questions and make sure you answer them. For example, What's great about this situation? What can I enjoy right now? What do I want to remember about this time? I'll apply it to my current call situation. We're down two docs at the moment, which means more call, which means more nights spent in the hospital instead of at home, and less sleep and more post-call days of feeling groggy or foggy or blah. So it's really easy to believe that things are hard right now and... I just need to get through the summer. Things will be better in September. But it's summer, and I love summer, and I certainly don't want to just rush through the whole summer and miss it. When I think about what I want to remember about this summer, it definitely isn't, I took a lot of call and that was really hard. So what's great about this situation? Well, the things we do on call are great. We deliver babies on call. What could be better than that? I love doing deliveries. It's one of the best parts of my job. So more call equals more babies I get to deliver, and that's really fun. And what about the post-call days? What's great about being tired and having a body that just sort of feels gross? Well, post-call days are days at home for the most part. I can be outside enjoying the sun in the middle of the day if I want to. I can run errands that are harder to do in the evenings, like going to the bank or the post office. I can write a podcast. Since I'm very careful to keep my coaching work separate from my big job, Having more post-call days can be a really good thing in terms of that. And even if it was a rough night and I'm too tired for any of that, I can take a long nap, and I love taking naps. 
And if I'm tired and wish I could nap, but for some reason I can't fall asleep, well, I have lots of books I want to read. Or a post-call day can be a great time to indulge in some trash TV. There are truly lots of things I can enjoy about this busy summer when I have a lot of call. Being stuck in the belief, I just need to get through this and then things will get better, it blocks your creativity from being able to see those things. Okay, and for the other two, sometimes things aren't actually going to be better after this, and I might be making my future life harder by thinking this. I'm going to lump them together because the approach to both is about the same. The questions you want to ask yourself about these ones are, how do I know it will be better after this? What am I doing to ensure things will be better? How long is this timeline I'm imagining? What am I putting off until it's over? Am I okay with delaying those things for that amount of time? If it's a task or a goal, do I actually know it will be easier somehow to do it when this is over? And even, how do I know when this will be over? Is it something with a discrete date, or is it a bit vague and squishy? Do I need to do some work on defining it so I'm not stuck in limbo for an unspecified amount of time? Questions like that. So let's apply this. Here's one from my residency. We'll use exercise again because it's an easy one and definitely generalizable since every human body needs it. I found myself not making time to work out in residency because I felt like I was too busy and things were too hard. Residency has a defined endpoint, so yes, I knew when it was going to be over. I was pretty sure I wasn't going to do a fellowship, just the residency. Did I know things would be better afterward? Well, probably. Most of my attendings told us how much better things were, so that was something. And their call schedule was definitely lighter than my resident call schedule, even though it was still long hours for them, but that was something too. And while I didn't know then that I was going to end up on faculty where I did my residency, I was pretty sure I would stay in academics, so it was reasonable to assume that my attending job would look relatively similar. And what was I putting off? Stronger muscles, better sleep, better long-term cardiovascular and bone health, that lovely chill zen feeling that comes after a workout, stress relief in general. Was I okay putting all of that off for four years? Well, sometime early in my second year, all of it dawned on me and I thought, crap, I can't let this go three more years. And I figured out how to make it happen. Not anywhere near as much or regularly as I do now, but way better than nothing. It's amazing what we can figure out when we look for solutions rather than letting the problem block us. And here's a different sort of example. I mentioned last episode that I got board certified in clinical informatics a few years ago. Since I hadn't done a fellowship in it and the board review courses just weren't really going to work with my schedule, I did a self-study board review course. It was about 100 hours of online videos that I had to get through, plus practice tests, and then trying to fix the knowledge gaps I found from taking the practice tests. I had about three months from the time I decided to take the exam until the exam date, so three months to make all of that happen. I spent a whole lot of time being holed up by myself at home, watching the videos, taking notes, making flashcards, things I hadn't done in years. I definitely wallowed in a lot of, I just need to get through this and things will be better. And I definitely put some things on hold. I can't remember what it was now, but I clearly recall having some angst about some life thing that I just couldn't seem to find the time for, and then having a ton of relief, 
when I just evaluated the situation, decided it could, in fact, wait three months, and chose to defer it. It was a limited amount of time. There was a clear endpoint. I was pretty confident I'd have more free time when I wasn't spending hours every day on my studying. And whatever it was, was something I consciously chose to defer. I was good with all of that. See how asking yourself those questions, the goal isn't necessarily to talk you out of thinking that things will be better. It's to make sure you're being thoughtful and intentional and choosing your path forward. The last point I want to make is about the how am I ensuring that things will be better question. This is one to apply when it's a vague and squishy thing, like things will be better when I'm more rested, or when my kids are easier, or when work is, quote, better. They have no discrete timeline, no measurable way of knowing how to define this and say, oh, it happened. Spend some time figuring out exactly what you think is wrong or suboptimal about the way things are now and what you personally will do to make it better. Write it all down and look at that plan every time you're tempted to think that things are just going to magically get better. Maybe they will, but wouldn't it be better to be an active participant in that process, to harness that super smart brain of yours and let it show you how you can take control? And sometimes the process of figuring out what you think is wrong about now can show you that maybe it's not so wrong after all. You just need to tweak your thinking. So get out there and enjoy your today. Thanks for joining me. I will see you back next time. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.